we have this habit of we can just go to the doctor and get a pill and it'll fix things rather than looking at what the problem actually is. Um, and I, I find it in myself. Look, I still fall into bad habits, especially during this living chaos that we all find ourselves you know, this chaotic situation we're in at the moment. Hi, everyone. I'm Hetty Holmes, and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. My next guest on the Dose podcast is musician and mental health advocate Stephen Manderson, a.k.a. Professor Green. We talk about his journey to creating a gulp, a new supplement to support the brain-gut axis, born out of his own experience of gut health problems since birth, and years of conventional treatments that caused awful side effects. We talk about how working on a gulp compares with being on stage, how he's feeling about becoming a dad, how his dogs benefit his mental health, and how he stays in balance by practicing breathwork. As ever, we are so thankful to our listeners for tuning in each week. If you haven't already, we would love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. Also, be sure to share our newsletter with anyone who you think needs a hit of happiness in their inbox by going to www.whateveryourdose.com forward slash newsletter. I hope you enjoy. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Dose Podcast because I know you're an incredibly busy guy and yeah. uh, and it's just a real joy to have you. So thank you. For That's right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. And so I know you best and I'm sure our audience know you best as being a very successful uh, artist. You've had some incredible hits um, and now you've turned your attention to launching a product, a gulp, which uh, is all about gut health, isn't it? Is yeah, that, am I saying it right? Is it a gulp? Is a gulp, yeah. So that was yeah, my, yeah. yeah, that was two yeah. seconds. I'm just going to let my dog out, otherwise it's going to stop. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so I'm just going to... Yeah, I'm just letting the dogs out of... I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. Not really. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. My, mine's the same. I think he's gone off for a drive with my baby because they're both squeaking downstairs so they've gone for a little drive around the yes place. how old's your baby yeah well this is my second so he is 12 weeks no how old is he now three three months three months oh, basically. wow so really new yeah really new yeah and i've got a daughter as well yeah so it's you all going really, on you look really well for it oh that gives me some hope. um <laughs> yeah oh, sorry yeah no my dogs yeah. are on separate sides of the door and they they are oh. like they, yeah if they're not what have you, what I've, have got you got? Old, I've got an old-time bulldog um oh. Arthur and I've got a canary mastiff uh, presser canario called Ethel so, oh I love that um, when I'm chasing after them screaming their names it sounds like I'm shouting after an old East End couple I, and, uh, <laughs> I love that oh, yeah. Ethel <laughs> come back here yeah I love it that's super cool all right well yeah so so a gulp so this is your yeah. new brand that you've and, and was this like a kind of it was a pre-lockdown project right it, it yeah. happened way yeah, before this yeah started, um basically I had my, the first operation I had uh, on my stomach, I was only six weeks old, um, wow. pyloric stenosis. So my stomach wasn't emptying, so I wasn't able to absorb any nutrients because nothing was getting past my stomach. Um, that continued all throughout childhood. But now I've got tummy ache, and I, you know, I still couldn't tell you if it was the, if it was something physical that was causing something psychological, or something psychological that was causing something physical, or if it was a bit of both. Um, but I got diagnosed with IBS really early um, and just kind of anytime I've had any sort of, I guess, any of the large sort of traumatic events I've had in my life, anything has always gone to my gut. 
um, whether it's been obviously related or not. You know, it seems that if I get stressed, it goes to my gut. If I get happy, it goes to my gut. It all pretty much. Morning. Um, <laughs> it all pretty much goes to my gut. Um, and fast forward 2017, I believe it was, I had an operation for a hiatus hernia, which I've been trying to avoid having surgery for, which meant I was taking PPIs for um, two years which I later found out you shouldn't be on for more than two months at the highest dose. Um, and the operation actually went fine, but my body didn't enjoy it whatsoever. Um, I had a huge piece of mesh implanted as well as a, an implant called a Lynx device to stop the acid coming out of my stomach into my esophagus because it was eroding my esophagus. Um, and I thought it was like trapped wind or something. So I come home from hospital three days after, uh, three days after, as I said, I would, um, went to sleep, woke up. So it was about 16 hours after I got home and it turns out it's called distension. I distended. Um, so I, I looked like I was pregnant with triplets and about four <laughs> eight in delivering them. Um, oh and I text my surgeon and with a picture going, is this just trapped wind? And he said, no, you don't wait for an ambulance, get in a cab and head straight back to the hospital now. Um, so back to the hospital, I had a CRP, which is an information marker of 672 which is like, I kind of understand having done some research into it now, why everyone looks so worried. You know, my anesthetist, the gastroenterologist and uh, my surgeon were just standing there like, not really knowing what was going on. I had distension, ileus, pneumonia, collapsed lung. It was, it was pretty, pretty horrific. Um, uh, about two weeks later, and I think it was just over four liters of fluid of inflammation that they drained off. Um, I discharged myself because I couldn't take not sleeping anymore. I was I didn't feel like I was getting better being disturbed every four hours. And I was on a hundred milligrams of prednisolone. Um, so that was affecting my sleep. And they were giving me a tablet to help me sleep, but waking me up every four hours to do my stats. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I pulled my NG tube out, much to their dismay, um, and came home. And everything went back to normal apart from they'd left my stomach partially paralyzed well, almost totally paralyzed. Um, I had gastroparesis. So I had the same blooming problem that I had when I was six weeks old. My stomach wasn't anything. So my food, my food, anything I ate was putrefying in my stomach, which constantly meant that, you know, if I, if I, if I burped, it smelled sulfurous. It was horrible. You know, it was embarrassing, yeah, yeah. It was difficult. It was depressing. Um, yeah. It was horrible. And the alter the op my options were I either had more surgery um, by way of a gastric bypass, so as my stomach would empty, but that would mean it would bypass part of my small intestine, which would mean that I wouldn't absorb. You can tell I've done a bit of research on this. Yeah, uh, no, I mean you've gone through a hell of a time with this. It's just, um, yeah. But it, which meant I wouldn't be absorbing nutrients properly, um, and so that wouldn't have been you know that wouldn't have been great for my health anyway. And also, if I had the same complications after that surgery. Uh, it was quite likely that the, the loop of bowel they would have connected to my stomach would have come away, which would have not been a good outcome. Um, really, like, really not, like worse than the first time, um, the, yeah. the most severe outcome. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm not going to have the surgery. I'm going to try and practice patience for the first time in my life. I'm not a very patient person, um, <laughs> however this taught me to be. And I'm going to try and treat myself more holistically. Uh, so I did. And I started to delve into the world of probiotics, prebiotics, um, fermented foods, kombucha, um, and a lot of a lot of liquids, really, because my stomach couldn't work with solids. 
<clears throat> so uh, what I noticed though is you know, despite the I mean, it was a really it it was really timely and it was really costly, but it was, you know, it was an invaluable experience because it taught me so much about myself because I noticed, and, and there would have been a positive effect mentally with my stomach improving anyway, but I noticed that even beyond my stomach getting better and starting to work again, that the better I looked after my gut, the better my mental well-being was, you know, mm-hmm. just the better my mood was, the healthier I felt. Um, and so I continued that process after, you know, after I was, better per se um and then a little bit after that was having a conversation with my business partner and co-founder kevin godlington who i met through the book of man website that i write for um he's ex-sas we were just talking about loads of parallels between our lives and then we started to talk about like supplementing and just how ridiculous the routine was sometimes So, so for me it was like i was taking about eight different things every day which was good because it was helping. Um, when I went back to the hospital, um, all of a sudden my amino profile was perfect and they, they were quite shocked. They couldn't understand how because I still wasn't digesting food. And it was because I'd worked out a pretty good routine as far as what I was supplementing with. Um, and we were both just, we were both complaining actually, which, which is still something that we do till this day, a lot of. Um, but just about the routine and how like you have to have eight things instead of having one thing. And we got into the conversation, I guess, which was the most important about the link between the gut and the brain, the gut-brain axis, which is actually the longest nerve in the body, the, the vagus nerve, um, which it used to be thought was the brain sending messages to the gut, right? But it's actually, it's a two-way street and it's actually the gut using 80 to 90% of the cells to send messages to the brain, telling it not just about the gut, but also about your organs, which tells you kind of how important the gut is. Um, and we just said, is there no way of condensing everything that we take? You know, can we not make a formula for gut and a formula for brain? Um, and we started to look into it and we realized that there was no supplement company out there that even focused on the gut brain axis or, or made any mention of it. Um, and then we found out about liposomal technology as well, which had incredible absorption. Malabsorption is a real problem, even for people with and we've seen this with people that have used the gold gut tests, you know, people who eat incredibly well. In some instances, um, nutritionists have taken gut tests and their gut score has been terrible. Um, there's been a real lack of short chain fatty acids because <clears throat> albeit they eat seemingly healthy diets, they suffer malabsorption. So it's quite hard for them to, to get nutrients out of what they're eating, which is why I guess it's important to so even with a healthy diet, it's probably still quite important to supplement. And liposomal technology, unlike pills, or pill form vitamins, offers 98% absorption, whereas regular pill form vitamins we now know have an absorption rate of <clears throat> five to twenty percent, which is when I found that out, I felt like I'd been cheated quite heavily mm. for all the money that I'd spent on vitamins. Mm-hmm. That's um, how they get you. Yep. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I mean, look, they 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 <laughs> they they started out with the best of intentions um and i'm not saying this also you know i've i guess i've spoken about pharma quite negatively but we wouldn't have liposomal technology if it wasn't for pharma because it you know yeah yeah it's important that's where sure. it was born um it was born for targeted treatment um and was used for you know chemo and all sorts it's mm-hmm. quite it's crazy when you you, you hear about I think it's uh, a, a, across the board, it's like 0.01% of all treatment reaches where it's supposed to go. 
Really? God. Yeah. Yeah. Other, or, or, or there's ill effect. So there's really yeah. bad side effects. So like chemo will kill cancer, but it will also kill everything else. When you yeah. take antibiotics, it will, you know, get into your gut, which I couldn't believe that tonsillitis was in my stomach, you know, that yeah, it in my throat because I used to get chronic tonsillitis and my doctor was like, amoxicillin, amoxicillin, amoxicillin. You know, I had it three or four yeah. times a year. Um, and no talk of probiotics, but this was in, you know, the 80s, 90s um, when, they mm. were, when they weren't that prominent. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, you know, it will kill the bug that's causing you problems, but it will also kill all the healthy bacteria as well. And those healthy bacteria are really important. Yeah. So I guess that was, that was what led us to, to, to developing a goal. Um, yeah. Have a name in the beginning. And then it was me and my rat brain going, a goal. <laughs> it's just, you know, it is a goal. Ah, okay, nice. Yeah, works very well. And so you basically took all of these amazing things and you distilled them down to, to one product. So it made it super easy for people to get it into their bodies. The whole idea was for it to be convenient. So convenient by way of delivery and ingestion and convenient by way of not needing to be refrigerated, convenient by way of being able to travel with um, and convenient by way of being able to declutter your cupboards. Yeah. And That's I guess brilliant. most importantly, convenient by way of, of efficacy and it, it yeah, actually working. Yeah. And this is, it's really synergistic for your background as well, because I know you prominently as a musician, but also you're a huge ambassador for mental health issues as well. I think you, you, you look, um, the Calm charity, you, you stand as an ambassador for them. And I, I saw the documentary you did on Suicide and Me. Yeah. And obviously there's a huge link, isn't there, between the lack of serotonin um, in people's bodies that experience depression, mm-hmm. as you know, having done all your research. And, and a lot of the serotonin, in fact, I think 90% of it is made in the gut. So like yeah. you say, it's got its own feelings. It's completely... It's, it all travels to the brain with the mind-gut connection. Yeah. And so for you to kind of find this through going through your experience, has that kind of made it really a, a bigger picture for you? The fact that it's a, like all of your journeying to kind of understanding how to improve people's mental health, it's kind of come full circle. You've found a way in to talk to people about their gut health, to, to talk yeah. about their mental health. I think it, I think it gives, I suppose, look, if, if I hadn't have done all the work I'd done around mental health advocacy, um, mm. being as honest with my own experiences um, and my own encounters either first or second hand by way of my dad who took his own life which was kind of how I fell into making well it's, that's how I ended up making that documentary um, yeah uh, I don't know if people would have listened I think maybe drawing a link between a rapper and <laughs> a supplement might have been quite a difficult um, they might have been quite difficult dots to join yeah. Uh, they probably would have found it easier to understand me um, starting a tequila company or something. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think it's, I think it, it definitely, I think people are more inclined to listen and are more open to listen because they know I'm talking from my own experience. Um, and I think it always makes things, it's obviously like more organic if it comes from a place of, you know, this is what I've been through and I'm now putting my experience into something that can help someone else. And I think that's a part of it as well. Um, and I'm really lucky, you know, I guess I'm, I'm quite forward. Don't get me wrong. I would never want to go through any of it again. But mm. having come out the other side of it, being in a position where I can now have another, I guess, passion project. You know, this is important yes. to me because it's something I care about. It's not just me putting my name to some big corporation's product. This has been my baby for a moment of conception. And, yeah. I, and I care about it. And I think there's a huge gap in education between what our schools teach us and the government teaches us and, and our, our, even our doctors know. 
to a point as far as nutrition. Um, and I'm learning, I'm no dietitian, you know, but I'm beginning to understand this stuff by way of experience. And I think it's really for me to have gone through everything that I've gone through and taken all of it and put it into these little, these little sachets is, yeah. is pretty cool. No, it's amazing. It's really good. We've had some uh, psychologists on in the in the past on these podcasts, and we had one, Kimberly Wilson, talk about that brain gut access, and and she was saying how important this stuff is, and it needs to be on the curriculum for our kids to learn about because yeah. you know there just would be so much more value to it, really. Well, listen, I think the the reason we're seeing such a growth in the in the industry and it's being led largely by probiotics is because of a heightened awareness, and awareness mm. comes before understanding. Um, and prevention is better than cure. I think people are quite keen um, and, and quite interested in longevity now. Like people want to extend the length of their lives, but there's no point, I don't think, in living a longer life if you're not living a healthy life. Healthy mm. life, sorry. Um, that said, you know, they are supplements. And I think that's something that people should always remember is that it's important to supplement a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, so even if you're living a healthy lifestyle, it's important to supplement, but by no means can you, you know, don't get me wrong, you will catch me non-COVID times on the way back from a gig at 3am in the local fried chicken shop. I'm yeah. not perfect, but it's important, I think, to, to, to have some balance as well. I don't think, you know, people should ever have the idea that supplements can replace a, a healthy yeah. diet or lifestyle. Yeah. If there's one thing we all need right now, it's a little more joy. Joy can come in many shapes and forms, and in flavours too, which is why Fortnum's is filled to the brim and bursting with deliciousness this winter. From sparkling tea and delicious infusions to joy-giving hampers and personalised gifts. So whether you're saying thank you, marking a special occasion, or simply letting someone know you're thinking of them, there's nothing quite like giving the gift of Fortnum's. Visit fortnumandmason.com and send a parcel of joy to their door. So I don't know if you know DOSE, it's um, it's an acronym for our happy hormones. So dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, yeah. endorphins. And we've, we've just kicked off with serotonin. So I'm going to talk about dopamine now. It's all about reward and and kind of motivation. So as a, a very successful musician, like how does this experience of creating a gut compare in terms of like your career satisfaction like, and reward? Do you Are you getting a lot of pleasure from it? As you said, like it's your passion. Project. When I see, when I see like, so yesterday I saw... Um, a trust pilot review from it was the latest trust i think it's the latest trust pilot review we've got and it was from a woman called sarah and she was like this is the best i've felt in 10 years but i hate the taste of it um, <laughs> and i think i need to find some discount codes because this is going to prove quite costly over time <laughs> gave us five stars um, that's amazing <clears throat> and when you see someone saying you know this is the best i've felt in 10 years and um, people who you know and there's countless um, reviews on there of people who suffer who have suffered with IBS, Crohn's, um, you know, conditions more severe than, <clears throat> than what I've suffered with. And just to, I, the, 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 the satisfaction is different. I guess it's, the, I mean, I don't know if there is, is ever such thing as true altruism because it, it makes me happy because I've created something that's helping someone, but it still makes me happy that it's making someone feel good. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's a completely different conversation. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a different, it, it's a different type of reward. Uh, it doesn't feel as selfish. You know, I, it, when I'm on stage, that feeling is something that I get for myself. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a reward for, for a, silly, you know, a silly hobby I've got. 
and my nan used to call it talking music, um, which yeah. I was really lucky became something that I was able to to provide for myself by way of. Um, and it's hard work, but it, it's it's still a hobby, you know. I don't ever yeah. think, oh God, I've got to get on stage unless I'm at a corporate yeah. gig sometimes. But they can be some yeah. of the funniest ones because. You know, we have a way of just performing the same way whether we're on the main stage at Glastonbury or we're in front of, you know, a hundred staff from God knows what business. They can sometimes <laughs> be the funnier ones because we're quite relentless when we get on stage. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about me and my multiple personalities, by the way. I mean, my DJ tools <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, my partner in crime, Jane McLean, another rapper. Um, yeah. So the rewards the rewards are different, but I, I think that they're, they're, they're equally as satisfying. And Look, I don't, I, I don't foresee me doing like a, a kind of greatest hits tour when I'm 65, jumping about rapping on stage. I feel like rapping is quite a young man's business and I'm not old yet, but um, it's quite nice to have things to look at and, and you know, different directions to, to potentially head in. Yeah, so, um, no, like you say, it's like a, more of a holistic way of, of making people feel happy. It's kind of you're giving back in, in such a big way, aren't you? Yeah, it's amazing. And it, it, but it, it's, it is incredibly rewarding. And as we begin to develop new things, like we, we're moving at, at such a, an exponential rate now, it, it's quite scary and, and it's incredibly time consuming. Um, and I yeah. have to remember to manage my own in the same way that with the mental health advocacy, like I talk a good game, but I'm very much a work in progress myself. And I find that. Mm. I'll stress over getting everything I need to do done. Mm. But each and every stream of work that I have, of which there are many now, um, mm. and then all the personal obligations. And then I'm like, I'm on stage talking about, you know, presence doesn't equal, <clears throat> um, you know, I, I, I'm quite a keen believer of like, presence doesn't equal productivity. I think there's much more to be said for, for doing things efficiently and for not, you know, working 14 hours a day. But then I find myself quite often working 16 hours a day, you know, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and stressing myself. And I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm on stage talking about all these things and how to look after yourself, you know, how mm -hmm. to better improve your mental well-being, how to better take care of your physical health, things to implement. Like, you know, not everything that's... Um, this urgent is always important. And then I'm running around treating everything with the same level of panic I would do as if I was actually fighting a fire. Yeah. And then I, no, realized, I, think... and then I realized I, I'm like, God, I've fallen, I've fallen back into the patterns, which I've worked so, so, so hard to break. Yeah. And I mean, you're about to become a dad too, which is going to add a whole new dimension to life, isn't it? I mean, I think it's I, like I... I think all relationships are important. Like whenever someone uses the word relationship, it's like it instantly goes to something romantic, but there are so many different forms of relationships we have, be it with our, our friends, our, our partners, our children, um, or things and habits and rituals and routines. I think relationships and, and by way of relationships, I guess connections are probably the most fascinating thing in the world. The mm. idea that everything is in some way connected. Yeah, we're all interlinked. But then it's all you only have a, a certain amount of time, don't you? So you, you've got all these things spinning. But when this new bubba comes into your life, you know, there's obviously the sleep deprivation, which you're prepared for. Um, but there's also, you know, just carving out that time to just be, like you say, present. Yeah, with, I mean, look, I've, I had, I had uh, uh, my upbringing, my, my dad was a, a gorgeous, gorgeous human being. He really, really was. He's proper. Um, but he wasn't a good father. And he was 18. I'm on twice his age um, and I'm still like, 
so how does one do this um yeah. and do you know what I kind of I, I, it's been it, it's been it's really helped us to I guess show me who 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 my smart friends are as far as the ones who have had children because they've gone you know they've just said look I'm here for you whatever you need but the best advice is no advice you're just going to find your way through it yeah learning on uh, the job exactly <laughs> and that's something I've always done I've been winging it since yeah. 1983 so I stopped no um, <laughs> yeah exactly um, and I yeah. just think that, you know, part of me trying to work so hard at the moment is because irrespective of whatever is going on, as soon as, as soon as that child arrives, that is, that's me for mm. a while. Yeah. <laughs> and you've also got dogs as well, which is good preparation. Because someone once told me, if you, if you want to have a baby, get a dog first. So you've had good practice with that. Because they are quite similar. In yeah. fact, I found getting a puppy probably harder than a newborn. So that that's reassuring for you to hear. Wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, two pretty sizable dogs. They weigh about 50 keys a piece. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, and, they're, and they're in good shape. They, um, they listen. Um, yeah. yeah, they're really they're good. They're good. So. But they... Yeah, because they produce oxytocin in the same way that we do, you know, as humans. So that kind of that connection with them is super important. So like, how do they enhance your well-being? Do they like make you get outside and and kind of be more active? Yeah, even on days like today when it's, I mean, you can barely see the background. It's so bright. Yeah, it's, um, I'm sure it's snowing where you are too. Yeah, Um, yeah. It's coated. I can't believe how much it's sold. Um, Well, I'm near the coast, so it's not, it's kind of, um sludge really it's not uh, exactly annoying me yeah. but yeah i'll have that in a couple of my... days when it starts to warm up um exactly. i think i think they're dead you know i think they're excuse me i think um dogs are i would prescribe a dog if i was a i mean this is probably quite irresponsible because i'm not a psychologist or a doctor um but yeah. i was going to say i'd probably prescribe someone a dog and a phone ban before i would an antidepressant oh god yeah i know <laughs> And I've tried, I, I tried antidepressants and I actually tried them when I was in a really good space, which might sound really backwards. Um, mm. But I thought, okay, well, how, if I'm coping with things now and I'm at, I've actually made some progress and it's noticeable, not just to me, but to the people around me, um, mm. how, how good could things get? And they were horrible to get on. Um, I was sleeping for about 17 hours a day and they were horrible to get off. Um, they have an effect on your serotonin depending on mm. the, ta- the, the tablet. I tried Satanopram. Um, Did you try Siroxat Sor- ever? No, nah, just Satanopram. No, just, just yeah, yeah. And it was like yeah. getting, um, can I get in trouble for talking about my past endeavours at festivals? It was um, <laughs> a lack of serotonin in the brain causes the same feeling, be it whether it's recreational or um, mm. prescription. So it was very similar to, you know, a, a very... Yeah naughty weekend at a festival coming off Sitalopram, which was really, really unpleasant because it went on for a hell of a lot longer. Um, Mm. Not that's not to say that that, that they don't have a place, you know, for some people, but I just think we all too often, we have a really, I guess it comes back to the whole prevention being better than cure and us being really reactive instead of proactive. Yeah. Um, And we, we have this habit of we can just go to the doctor and get a pill and it'll fix things rather than mm. looking at what the problem actually is. Um, and I, I find it in myself. Look, I still fall into bad habits, especially during this living chaos that we all find ourselves in, you know, this chaotic situation we're in at the moment. The pandemic is, is crazy, you know, and I find myself falling into bad eating habits, 
oh, I can't bother to cook, ordering food, eating crap, starting to feel crap, eating more bad food, and then begins a, a perpetual cycle bad decisions which leave me feeling rubbish which i then have to pull myself out of um mm. and i think for anyone watching this know that it's all right to do that because you know if life was linear it would be boring yeah exactly balance is incredibly hard to strike and i'd be lying if i said i i'd i'd struck it yet there are periods where I'm, i get i get pretty good at it and then you know like i say i get overworked and, and underrested um mm. and find myself back at square one <laughs> so um yeah onto fitness and like endorphins how 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 do you exercise is it is it as simple as going for a run or walking your dog or do you have like some go-to workouts that you swear by so at the moment i've got i don't know you can kind of half see my weight rack over there which is quite untidy and my exercise nice. bike as well as oh yeah i had to record something down here the other day i was like why is there a microphone in the gym i don't rap, <laughs> i don't rap when i'm doing hit classes um no. when i'm it was funny the first um the first lockdown i was in morocco and which mm. sounds way more glamorous than it was it was a state of emergency so we weren't even allowed out for a walk walking wow. keeps me sane i think it's really important to do things um both that distract you from being able to think about anything whatsoever but then also do things which give you time to think and process things um and walking i guess is is one of those things that gives you time to think and to process um mm. So I kind of mix it up. I do stuff that is is intense and makes it impossible for me to think about anything apart from what I'm doing and how sick I feel um, and how much I'm going to hurt the day after. And then, you know, a little bit of low intensity stuff that's more calming. Um, I recently got into like messing around with breathing patterns and stuff like that as well, which is mm. it's crazy how something, I mean, it's, it, it isn't crazy. Why would the way we breathe and the intensity and the pattern in which we breathe and the way we hold on to our breath not affect how we feel. That's how we oxygenate mm. our blood. We breathe, goes from our lungs into our blood. It's obviously going to have an effect on how we feel. You know, people, and we've had all of these sayings, which I'm sure Shakespeare probably come up with most of because he basically invented everything. Um, yeah. Even Fishmonger, I found out the other day, belongs to Shakespeare. Um, really? But, you know, people say, take a deep breath. Whenever you mm. get stressed, you know, yeah. it's always like a gut feeling. We have all of these mm. bad tastes in your mouth. We have all of these, you know, sayings that I guess were quite, I guess they were born of intuition at a point. Uh -huh. mm. um, yeah. And I think I, I like, I, it's, I enjoy picking things up and throwing things and, and swinging bats and hitting things. And I, I like, I like that sort of exercise I do I enjoy moving you know I really enjoy stuff that involves involves mobility I don't want to even now I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hunched I can feel my shoulders creeping up so I know I just had to correct myself I'm six, foot, I'm, six, you know, I'm six foot three I need to you know it's really easy for me to get a bad back so I need to posture yeah. something I have to be careful of and again you know we, we're so concerned with longevity but where's the point in in being 70 and not being able to touch your toes and there's been points mm. in my 30s where I haven't been able to do that which is shameful yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I read an article the other day which just said if you can't touch your toes, there is something wrong with you. Really? <laughs> oh God, another. And thing. so, but now, so now I'm like, okay, take the you know, it's always ah, oh, there's no time for me to do that as well as, um, but then I'll find time to watch. Oh, I don't even want to say the name of the program. Um, 
Bridgerton. TV. <laughs> no. Below, no. Deck, below deck. Um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, um, but, so yeah. it's like if you've got time to do that, you've definitely got time to do half an hour of of stretching or of breathing and do something to um, take your body out of fight or flight. You know, it's good to put your body through. There are healthy stresses. You know, I love doing infrared saunas, um, and that's a healthy stress. They they work your heat, stress proteins, which you know are incredibly. <clears throat> they, they make a huge contribution to your wellness um but then there are unhealthy stresses which we put our body through and it's really important to kind of understand the difference between being in in a constant firefighting fight or flight mode and producing just being a cortisol producing powerhouse and and not you know that has a purpose anxiety has a purpose it's a warning but if mm. you've constantly got a, a knot in your stomach, you can't trust your gut because no, it's, it's always true. warning you. You know, someone mm. says, do you want uh, sugar in your tea? And you're basically having a panic attack. That's pretty stressful. You know, it's a, mm. it's a sign of like, maybe, okay, you need to do something to, to get yeah. yourself out of that situation. And cortisol is something that, you know, I mean, this is what people, another phrase, I guess, is worried sick, isn't it? Mm, yeah, um, it is. And and we know now that stress is a huge make is it is a huge contributor to to, to chronic illness because of inflammation. Mm. And there's like good stress and bad stress, isn't there? Like we did yeah. a podcast with another psychologist on this, and like that that dopamine one, it's like kind of good stress. It's like that stress yeah. you might feel when you're like going on stage and you're about to do something really exciting. But then there's the kind of about the cortisol stuff, which yeah, as you say, over time will just give you adrenal fatigue and eventually burnout, which is what we all want to avoid. Yeah, and it's, you know, I think modern lifestyles kind of, they aid burnout. They almost mm. encourage it because our, we don't think, okay, I'm going to reward myself with a good night's sleep. It's like I'm going to reward myself with not going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? All too often. Yeah, totally, um, yeah. And it's sad that we, you know, going back to us talking about it, it needing to be part of the curriculum, I, if people had a better understanding, like it took me until my thirties and a hell of a lot going wrong, I guess, with my health for me to, to endeavor to really research and find things out. And I still read things every day, you know, trying to learn and, and to just take the stuff on it. But again, it's one thing, I guess, having the information and it's another thing putting it into practice. Yeah. So true. And, and on to like fitness classes, do you tend to engage in any of those in London? Like when there's not a pandemic going on, of course, are there any studios you really like? um i used to go i used to do um oh what's it called i did gym box for a little while but um i, I prefer doing i it's i don't know it's a bit i find all that stuff like i remember i did my first spin class in la at soul cycle and mm. it kind of made me want to vomit and not because it was so hard but it was just at the end they were like this isn't just for your body this is for your soul oh yeah it's not very british is it and, it, and, I, and there were people crying and i was like oh god <laughs> i mean release is good listen i'm, I'm not I'm, i can't i can't be a hypocrite you know i can't promote release and and things like that and then yeah you know at the same time make light of it but it was just like this this is not really me i don't think i enjoy group exercise very much um yeah and maybe i'm not a team player maybe it's the only child syndrome kicking in but um, then you get that probably from when you're on stage because like, I guess all these studios, what they're trying to replicate is that experience of being at a concert, really, isn't it? Like you're kind of you're kind of revved up in endorphins from dancing and from listening to music, and it's it's that that they're trying to. So you kind of 
you're the other side of that. You, you're on stage, so you're probably used to that feeling all the time. Yeah. And you've probably got to be very fit, haven't you, to be on stage, like especially doing what you're doing, like walking back and forth, like rapping. I mean, a lot of real... it's, it's relentless, and people don't realize the breath control. Um, yeah, I was going to say breath is super And it's going from, you know, there's a lot of tempo changes, and I get to sit down and sing my, sing my little heart out. It is very, yeah. very, you know, anyone who's been to, to any of my gigs, I end up in the crowd a lot of the time. There's a lot of like, it, I guess that that that's a when I come off actually the last tour I did, which was um, a lot longer than it should have been thanks to this pandemic, um, but year before last, um, just before the pandemic kind of kicked in, actually, um, mm. it was in we finished just I think the day after my birthday on the 28th of November, and we were due to tour again in March. But at the end of that tour, I was you talk of uh, adrenal. Um, what was it sorry fatigue yeah adrenal fatigue yeah yeah, yeah 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 i was in pieces and i think probably because i wasn't in i wasn't in bad shape like we were going to we, we were we were finding gyms on our, our days off and that um so we i was training at the time but i had two support bands on the bus um, and they were both younger and more enthusiastic when it came to getting off stage and getting back on the bus um, so yeah. I either had to lay in my bunk and not sleep or just sit in the back lounge and, and partake. Um, mm. And there was a lot of, I think there was definitely a bit of adrenal fatigue come the end of that tour because actually what gets you through it when you don't have the energy is your adrenaline. Um, yeah. But that's not an endless source of energy. Mm. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people hit burnout. Um, and I've, as someone who's had sleep troubles anyway, it probably wasn't the best industry to get myself into, but nothing guess that gives a different answer to to the reward question i was going to say nothing makes me shake my hands out of happiness in the way that coming up with a lyric does and that that's, yeah. still, that's still true today so i guess there was never any other place i was going to end up no and you're i mean you're amazing at it. i'm i'm one of your biggest fans i think what you do is brilliant and i was just going to ask if you're going to continue doing this after a gulp or is a gulp the future now is that where you see yourself um, you said I'm, you don't want to be doing music till you're 60, but you're going to go on tour again. Surely. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, we're, as soon as yeah. we're allowed out, we're planning something special. So this year, it's I can't believe, like, this is, you know, and I'm have, having a baby soon, but uh, another one mm. of my babies, my second album, um, yeah. is it turns 10 in October. So wow. we're looking to do something quite special, irrespective of what we're allowed to do. Not that we're going to break the rules and create some yeah. super spreading, huge and event that will leave me with some massive fine um which is going to be <laughs> virtual if we have to um mm. but yeah we're trying to plan something special for that and then i've got so much music sitting there i guess that's been the the hardest thing about this this period creatively for me has not been starting things it's been finishing things so i've mm. got so many ideas and so many pieces and fragments of songs but i'm starting to it's kind of giving me time to take stock i was going through music just last week and um I found songs from like 10 years ago and I'm like, oh my God, how did this not end up on my second album? Why didn't I finish it? How did this get, get you know, get pushed to the side and forgotten about? Um, so in answer to that, I'm definitely coming back with more music. I'm not done yet. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Well, that seems like a fitting way to end the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. It's been Thank a you. real joy talking to you. And you're, you're so knowledgeable about all this research you've done for a gov. It's amazing. You really know your stuff, which is uh, so reassuring for people like me, you know, to, to hear you're not just a face to a product. You're actually, you've uh, done all the research. You've, 
proper, I mean, even down to the, the initial list of ingredients, like the wish list of can this all be combined? Um, and yeah. I don't make it myself. I think it's important <laughs> for people to know that this is, this is made in a proper lab. Um, yeah. Yeah, by, by yeah. real professors. Pardon yeah. the pun. Awesome. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com. Thank you.